Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get right to uh, NHL today. We were waiting for potentially some arbitration rulings, but no such luck. NHL today brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. So uh, Ilya Samsonov is the guy in the hearing right now. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender hoping to stay as such, but he wants somewhere closer to $5 million per season for a one-year deal. The team's saying... Mm, more like 2.4 sounds like our appetite we'll see where the arbitrator rules he's got 48 hours to do so after the hearing ends elsewhere still the same situation with uh, Philip Kurashev from the Chicago Blackhawks they went into that arbitration hearing yesterday so uh, awaiting the ruling there Ben Bishop joining the Dallas Stars as a player development coordinator longtime NHL goaltender Sidney uh, Crosby and Chris Latang have endorsed the Penguins' pursuit of Eric Carlson. I suppose why not? If you're going to have one last kick at the can, go for your own version of the last dance. That's a pretty good piece to bring into the fold. And when you've got a general manager like Dubas who likes to be splashy, big money thrown around. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know what assets they have to entice San Jose to retain a bunch of money on that deal, but... I wouldn't say never. They seem to be the clubhouse leaders in terms of teams in in line to get Eric Carlson. If you believe everything you read, it it sounds like they made a a pretty decent pitch in and around uh, draft slash free agency time. So where there's smoke, there's usually a little bit of fire. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to effort every avenue to try and make it happen. And that's, yeah, it does seem to be a Pittsburgh or Carolina type of situation, doesn't it, when it comes to Eric Carlson? Yeah, definitely. Carolina's an interesting team because they're kind of in on everybody and right on the precipice of being a true Stanley Cup contender, but don't know what the true potential is because their second overall pick uh, in Andre Svechnikov was injured for... The better part of last year, Tuvo T- or Tivo Teravainen, he hasn't been able to produce consistently enough for the group. You know, it's just I think there's a lot more questions than answers. And while they haven't offloaded Brett Pesci there yet, the fact that that's being discussed in order to maybe accommodate this type of thing, that's I don't know that that's the type of move that gets you closer to a Stanley Cup. Trading for a 33-year-old offensive defenseman, trading away one of the better defensive defensemen in the league. Yeah, and yeah, Eric Carlson, he did have an amazing year last year. Outstanding season. But you're on the back nine, mm-hmm. so there there is that. And there's term on that contract that he's currently on, so you you got to deal with that too. And if you're Carolina, I don't, I don't know if does that, um, you know, obviously adding that type of skill, you'd love to. How about with what they currently already have on the back end? Is, is that going to mesh? 
I wonder, I see redundancy with Chris Letang and Eric Carlson. I, I really do. And I think Letang's a left shot. I'd have to double check on that. So maybe not direct redundancy, but you know, you've got an aging defender who's maybe more known for the offensive side of the game. And in Edmonton, when so much of the conversation for the last couple of years is surrounded, how does this team prevent goals rather than continue figuring out how to score more of them? I don't know that Pittsburgh's asking the right question right now. Uh, but different markets have different issues. And again, if you're a new general manager really wanting to stake your claim and, and to prove to the likes of Sidney Crosby and, and Evgeny Malkin that, in fact, they are still pushing for a Stanley Cup. They missed the playoffs last year, yes, but not by very much at all. And Florida proved that just getting to the dance is good enough, and then you never know what might unfold from there. And one True. last kick at the can. They got Tristan Jari re-signed. So. Latang's a right shot. There you go. So that's And, and so is Carlson, right? So Yeah. Isn't he? I believe he is. I believe he is, too. Yep. So now, which one of them is going to run your power play? Which one is going to be your, your second pair of defensemen? I guess that falls to Latang, but he's the one with all the tenure. He just re-signed as well. So you, you yep. see how he's, he's so enigmatic as a player, not only because of his contract, but because of where he's at in his career. He's making way too much money in general, and he's 33 years old. So you're asking San Jose a lot to retain uh, on this player and and if you're the player or pardon me if you're the team acquiring Eric Carlson you're assuming a whole heck of a lot of risk in a guy who yeah he won the Norris Trophy last year but is he going to help you defensively like you need and can he repeat the way that he performed again sounds like Pittsburgh's willing to find out and maybe hey, maybe it works out great in the in the now. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that when you're when you're functioning with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny yeah. Malkin, you're worried about this year and next, That's and right. not much beyond that. I understand that they have never really, in my time, had a strong prospect system at all. Pittsburgh, they, they don't churn out a whole lot of these guys. Jake Gensel, I guess, was a nice homegrown option for them, uh, but in reality, it doesn't seem. Usually, they're getting these guys that are kind of under the radar. So, I don't know. I don't know where this leaves us. I'm guessing we're going to find out. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point before the season starts, Eric Carlson is in Pittsburgh, and we will see how it plays out. Because they, they had a tough end of the season. And they, they would definitely want to turn things around. I mean, they've it's there's been a lot of change in Pittsburgh this year. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Colorado Avalanche being uh, one team here in the West we haven't really looked at uh, in tremendous detail. Cam, are they the new standards in in the NHL? Have they surpassed Tampa Bay as the new standards as the more recent Stanley Cup champion? Can you say that? Because there's a lot of power rankings out there right yeah. now that have Colorado topping the list. It's still Colorado's window to win, certainly. I think it's going to be hard for them without Gabriel Landeskog, who means so much, so much. Yep. Well, they're they're in the mix, but Tampa's still Tampa's still a pretty good team. Yeah, you know they're like they're right they're right there, and I, I don't know like that. 
Colorado's in that mix. Edmonton's like I'm just thinking of Stanley Cup for for this year coming up. I mean, the the Oilers are in that mix. Vegas. Where's Dallas going to be? What's Florida going to look like a year after that amazing run? Boston. They had this incredible season. They come up short in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean they're a bad team. It's still a pretty good team over there. Mm-hmm. So there's, these are teams that I, I I don't know that I want to go through and rank them because so many things can change, but those are the teams that I think of. Carolina, they're another one. Mm-hmm. Well, Colorado has... Uh, they finally got the season that everybody was expecting Nathan McKinnon to have 111 points leading them in 71 games. Miko Ratanen not far behind 105 points for them last year. Kale McCarr on the back end uh, up over a point per game. Uh, JT Comfer is now a Detroit Red Wing, I believe. So that uh, let's double check yeah. on that before I talk out a turn. But I'm pretty sure he signed an unrestricted free agent deal. But they replace him. Yes, he is in Detroit. But they replace him with the likes of Ross Colton and Ryan Johansson as well. So they have brought in and they have added to a group that was already a pretty high quality one last year, albeit a group that got upset by Seattle mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So it's been proven that it can be done. But this is going to be a very tough test again. I wonder what a full season of Bowen Byram looks like. He's got 42 games under his NHL belt now battling um, I don't know if it's vertigo or post-concussion syndrome with him but it's it's the it's head injuries so if he can sort of get his career on track obviously a very high pedigree player there for Colorado Sam Gerrard a nice offensive piece Devon Taves as well Uh, they are as complete a team as Edmonton is going to have to go through in order to get back to the area that they want to be yeah, and that that's what makes those games so fun. I, I thought last year the the Edmonton versus Colorado games were incredibly energetic, incredibly well played, lots of skill, and that makes it fun because the teams are they're not far off of each other. And Colorado's got a it, it's a great lineup. That back end in particular, that's what really sticks out for me is how well they they move the puck and how well they skate on defense. And the guys that aren't skating are running you through the boards <laughs> or making you a part of it. Josh Manson, Curtis McDermott, you know, guys out there that you have to be thinking about mm-hmm. actively the entire time you're on the ice. And they're, they're not that old, you know, like Josh Manson's only 31 this year and, and they're making a pretty reasonable amount of money. But it, it's a team that I can see right back there at the top of the Western Conference. Again, Ross Colton's one of these, these um, you know, we talk about coaching trees in football, but Tampa's an interesting place where you've got guys that have come out of that program like Coleman and Goudreau and gone on to other uh, teams and, and been impactful in, at different levels, but here you get Tampa offloading Ross Colton in Colorado says uh, thank you very much, we'll sign him uh, he was a restricted free agent when they acquired his rights, he's now on for four years at four million dollars per, and somebody who comes from a winning system that you think is going to be a plug and play winner in your system well that's what tampa has developed and we've talked about that before whether like culture within a team and tampa has developed a very good one and now they're like year in year out they're they're right in that mix and now you when you see players leave there still having success that 
Yeah, they got something going really good there right now. And uh, elsewhere on this roster, you see Jonathan Duran linking back up, by the way, with Nathan McKinnon from their old Halifax Mooseheads days. That's going back several years now, back to about 2013. Yes. But uh, Duran joins the Colorado Avalanche now as a 28-year-old on an $825,000 show-me deal for one season. And uh, Miles Wood, this is a player that Edmonton's talked about for some time as being a, could he be a fit, right? Could he add some edge that the Oilers have been missing? Well, he is now a Colorado Avalanche in the longer term for a pretty reasonable price point of just two and a half million there. Now you got Ryan Johansson in the fold. You traded with Nashville and you got Nashville to retain a lot of money on that. So he's now only a $4 million player instead of, I think he was over seven Yeah, with, with the Preds. They got real good retain on that one yeah so yeah Johansson comes in there big body pretty good skill uh, I would think be a good fit there that remains to be seen but uh, Johansson will bring something to the mix Valerian Nikuskin has been paid like he is going to be a long-term contributor on this team. Eight years, $49 million contract and so that puts him at 6.125 per year I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I've seen him be effective, but consistency might be the, the name of the game there for a guy making that kind of money. For that long? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's the it was thing. A big, it was a big commitment yeah, to him, I guess is what Yeah, it's a big commitment. <laughs> so yeah, some of those, those long-term deals, they, they scare me. You don't know how those are going to age. Well, and it's amazing now looking at some of the, the reaction, even today on the text line, getting people saying this team needs to find a way to move out Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you can show me another 100-point scorer that makes $5.125 <laughs> million a year, then no sure, kidding. I'll find you an equal trade. But until then, there you know, there isn't one. That's a pretty good value. So it's, it's funny yes. how the opinion of these deals can change very quickly. The recency bias I won't ignore. Obviously, the lack of playoff production. I get that. But he just signed the deal, and he just had a career season. Let's not dump the baby down the drain with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that... And, and that a career season and everything was going right and that's that's great and it was great to see. It was great uh, for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to have that type of impact during the year. And so, and because he's he's much beloved in this city, there were yeah. a lot of fans are really fired up about that. Sure, you'd like to see a little more in the playoffs, but yeah, that's how it went, unfortunately. 147 in Edmonton. Brendan and Cam with you here on this Friday. We will press pause a final time. Bring it back with more Oilers now after this. Pizza is pizza, pasta, so much more. You can get a free two-liter of Coke with a purchase of $35 or more online or on the Royal Pizza app. Visit royalpizza.ca. Uh, where are we at here on the text line? 780-496-0063. Text from Greg in Lacombe. Yes, uh, I think the New York Rangers will be a contender next year. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that roster construction. I really do. To me, Jacob Truba is the kind of defenseman or the kind of leader, really, that uh, all teams should want. 
I love the style of hockey he plays. I know there's a lot of people who don't these days, but it's the kind that... Um, it's inspiring, I would think. If I was his teammate, that would drag me into the fight, put it that way. So that's just from Truba's perspective. And then the way that they've uh, you know, built things around a couple of high draft picks, that even though they haven't worked out, uh, Mika Zibanejad's been leading the charge. They signed Blake Wheeler to a, a $800,000 deal. That's pennies on the dollar for the value that he can bring to a team. And yeah, I, I don't mind this this group at all, but... Artemi Panarin has to be all that we've seen Artemi Panarin be. They need Keandre Miller to take another step forward, just like Edmonton needs Bouchard to take another step forward. And, uh, you know, Adam Fox, well, you got to hope Adam Fox is going to be Adam Fox. He makes $9.5 million, and I know how Oilers fans feel about defensemen that make $9.5 million a year. Yes, yes, you do. You see the text line every day, yep. so yeah, you would you'd know better than most. I really like Keandre Miller. That guy as a defensive defenseman that can play physical, and I think he's pretty smart back there. I, I, he impressed me last season. He got the uh, the deal was he three point eight something to that effect, yep. and yeah, the, that's a that's a guy that is on, clearly on his way up. And uh, just a solid defenseman for them. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pounds, mm-hmm. and as you say, like he's he's a guy that's developing as a defensive defenseman. But he started as a forward. He's a converted forward, right? So the offensive acumen is there. It's innate. And if you've got a player who's able to, at this stage of his career, transition like that and pick up the defensive nuance so well that he can play at the NHL level, well, you're laughing. Because Keandre Miller can skate like he's an offensive player. That was one of the real draws to him, I think, what made him a first-round pick out of the U.S. National Development Program. So now at 23 years old, we're really starting to see him take bigger and bigger steps forward season to season and and a well-rounded player he is going to become which is almost unfair when you think about the fact that they already have Jacob Truba and that Neil Pionk trade from years ago they get Adam Fox because he didn't want to play for anybody else told two different teams that they've got one of the more underrated players in the league, in my opinion, and Ryan Lindgren, love what he brings to the table on the back end. And then the Braden Schneider. Yes. Braden Schneider, Cam. Tell me about Braden Schneider. There was a guy that, as soon as he went to the Brandon Wheat Kings, even at like year one as a 16, uh, big guy, and you're like, wow, this guy, is, he's got poise. He handles the puck. He uh, he can out muscle players at 16, and you could just see it that uh, the chances for him to have a really good NHL career were quite high, and he just kept getting better and better every year. So seeing him uh, have success like he did last season uh, to come in, step into the NHL, play as much as he did, and play as well as he did, it wasn't a, a surprise to me. I knew that uh, when they made that pick, when they took him. Uh, the year that they took them, well, that's that's just a solid, solid pick by the Rangers. Yeah, they're they're rolling in in defense prospects. He was the 19th overall pick in 2020. Played 40 NHL games or 43, pardon me, in his first pro year. 24 more in the American League, and then played 81 of 82 games at the the pro level last year. Did Braden Schneider? So that's that's instant impact, and that's just. Uh, <laughs> 
mean, it's good scouting. Yeah. It's, it's good player development. It's obviously they've got a good thing going in New York as far as developing defense. But I don't want to go and give them too much credit because they've got Capo Caco and Alex Lafreniere, a first overall pick and a second yeah. overall pick there, and they haven't developed in jack squat thus far. There was a little bit of life last year on the kid line, as they were calling it, but you're talking about two players picked in the top two. And between the two of them, I don't know that they've got the production of a top two player. Well, I'm not saying it's an exact science. <laughs> as we know, <laughs> the draft is not. And uh, you do have your, your wins, and then sometimes you have your losses when it comes to that. And every team goes through it. And you can go through everybody's draft history and and play that, well, you should have taken this guy game, which is easy to do after the fact and much more difficult to do before the fact. But uh, the, the Schneider pick is proven to this, you know, so far through two seasons in the NHL, it is, is shown to be a really good pick. Yeah, and we've said all this and haven't even mentioned Igor Shesterkin and Nett, oh. who all by himself could theoretically win you a playoff round. Uh, a Stanley Cup, uh, he's a Vesna candidate perennially now. I, I think that you, when you've got that kind of spine for your team coming out of the back end, you're, you're always going to be in good shape. It's something great to build around. Can Philip Heedle take a, another step forward mm-hmm. this year, another first-round pick of theirs? They've done some good insulating veterans-wise. We mentioned Barkley Goodrow out, pardon me, Goodrow out yep. of the Tampa Bay uh, camp from a few years ago. Vinny Trocheck, a member of this team as well. Blake Wheeler, we've mentioned a proven playoff guy. So they're, they're a very intriguing club who unfortunately we will only see twice unless they meet in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, um, I, I was I was really surprised that they lost in the first round. I, I thought they would beat the Devils last year. Now, the Devils surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came on in the playoffs, and with that young squad, they got it going. But I, I really thought the Rangers were going to do better in the playoffs than they did, and I'm sure that that will be huge motivation for them when we get to the fall. There you go. Appreciate the text, Greg. And for everybody else that texted in today on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, it was a blast this week jumping in. Cam, really appreciate you and all the work you've Thank done you. along with me and solo so that I can keep the football thing on, on the rails. You know, at least the off-air part or uh, the on-the-air part, the off-the-field part. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> State Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1943, former oiler Bill Cowboy Flett, born down Highway 16 in Vermilion, Alberta, played in Edmonton for four seasons from 1976 through the 79-80 season. That was his last as a professional hockey player. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad, tonight. Reed Wilkins back in the host chair, taking over at 6 o'clock Monday on our show. Bob is back from vacation, as mentioned. Up next here, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook, Angela Cocott live from 2 to 3, and then it's The Drive with Ted Henley from 3 to 6. Brendan, on behalf of Cam and Aiden Ganim, saying so long from 6.30, Chad Studios.